1: percent off your first three months
0: now here's your host of the fight podcast Sergio Vicente Yup. what up what up what up and welcome back to the fight podcast I'm your host Serge Vicente and we have a fire episode for you guys today today I am Brack with Brandon Camille. But before I get to that, remember the Fight Podcast is brought to you each week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 15% off your first three months. Remember to follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Support the show. Check us out on the website, thefightpodcast.com Subscribe, listen, rate, and share The Fight Podcast is on all podcasting platforms iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher um, And all that good stuff, man So go ahead and check us out there All right All right we are back, man. We have another great episode for you guys. Like I said, Brandon Camille is back on this week's show. Um, we did this a couple days ago. Um, we, Like I said, it's been a busy week. But again, every all the information is still pertinent. We're going to go ahead and absolutely talk about the fights this weekend. Not only are we going to talk about all of the fights this weekend, we're going to go ahead and get into Paulie Malignaggi. We're going to go ahead and get into, you know, what's going on what do we think about the main event next weekend the huge super fight between Mikey Garcia and Errol Spence and so much more so look man without further ado here's my conversation with our one of our top guests somebody who keeps coming man he's a great guest um we have Brandon Camille enjoy hey what's going on man Serge what it do Man, I hear. Look at this dude, man. Got the new setup, the new mic. I hear flexing. I ain't even man, mad at you, man. coming up in the world. Coming up in the world. <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm trying to get it like you. <laughs> I, I, I don't got the little, you know, the little adjustment
0: thing yet. I'm there. I just got my little stationary mic. Hey, something, hey, something different. Yo, dude, hey, like I said, I'm, I'm almost 100 episodes in, man. It takes time. Yo, I was sitting there the first couple episodes. I had a mic and like four dudes huddled around one mic, man. <laughs> Yo, pause. No, nah, I, 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 de- I definitely
1: see. What you, I feel what you're saying. Uh, it, the first couple weeks, it was a bit of a struggle for me, too. But, you know, like I said, we're moving up in the world.
0: That's what it is. I'm
1: wondering, man. do I need to
0: mute my c- computer or anything? uh sounds like double no it sounds cool I don't you know, I don't hear a double anything right now so we All can right, just kind of play by ear cool cool man well yo we got some fights coming up man we've had some fights we got some fights coming up so let's go ahead and just jump right into it man first thing of the day Errol Spence and Mikey Garcia they just had their open workout with their fight being less than two weeks away Who do you currently believe has the advantage, man? So, look, I looked at them. I I always love watching this this part of the fights, right? Um, Getting everything going, especially watching the open workout, is always fun. Um, A lot of people, you can't see a lot depending on the athletes. But one thing I will absolutely say is that watching them both, they both look sharp, they both look sharp. Um, they both look very focused. But I'm gonna stick with my guns, man. I not only do I already believe that Errol Spence has the mental advantage. I think he has the advantage when they actually compete, man. I, I, I but I still can't wait to see this fight. What do you think about it?
1: Well, before I get into my thoughts about it, what do you feel is Mikey's path to victory?
0: I don't think Mikey's going to win. So, I mean, uh, but what do I believe?
1: Understanding that, you know, your pick is Spence. If Mikey were to win, what is his path to victory? What does he need to do?
0: It's going to have to be volume. Volumes and working angles. He's going to have to consistently work on turning Errol Spence, making sure he's going in and out, having the tightest defense he's ever had. Um, And he's also going to have to make sure he's being first to the punch at every step of the way. If he allows Errol Spence to be first, he's going to have a long night. Agreed. Yeah, especially when it comes
1: to you saying that he's going to have to continue to turn Errol Spence. Yes, he's. It's not like he's an outside fighter that's going to work this amazing jab. He he has a good jab, jab, and I'm sure he can fight on the outside if he wants to. But Mikey Garcia gets on the inside, he hits you. That's how he fights.
0: Yeah, and now, and, and that's why I believe it's going to be so difficult for him to win this fight. Is because it's one of those the one another one of those moments where there's a great little guy. Great technical little guy moving up in weight to fight a great technical big guy.
1: I also think this is the biggest fight by far of Mikey Garcia's career, whereas at least Spence has gotten a taste of this environment going over there to the UK to take that belt from Brook. Brook yeah yeah so I mean yeah. that environment was wild for that fight I remember watching yeah. that and that was good exposure good experience for him and now being home with a crowd that won't be as anti Errol Spence I do think that adds a factor gives him a little bit more now from my perspective in the from what I've seen from the general public I think when this fight was first announced Mike uh Errol Spence was a huge huge favorite yeah But Mikey has definitely closed that gap. And in the eyes of some, I think he may have surpassed Spence, even though from a betting standpoint, Spence is still about a five to one favorite. Me personally, I have not wavered. I'm with you. I'm rocking with Spence. And I personally am just so, so, so excited for this fight. Uh, I will be there, which is, you know, adds an element to it. But it's so important for boxing, for you to see the best fighting the best in their prime. And whatever happens to either of those fighters in there, I think they both need, especially Mikey Garcia, they really both need more credit for that. They're in their prime. Mikey Garcia said, hey, this is the fight I want. And you tell your promoter to make it happen. You're not, you're smart enough to know what fights you should take, what fights you you shouldn't take, But you know what you want. If you're a top-level fighter, you need to fight other top-level fighters. And they were the best opponents available for for each other at the time. And they took the fight. And I respect them for that.
0: 100%. like
1: Like I said before, I'm rocking with Spence. He has the size. Yes, we know that. But... Let's not make it seem like Errol Spence isn't a technical boxer. Let's not make it seem like Errol Spence doesn't have good boxing IQ. Let's not make it seem like Errol Spence does not have good footwork. These are things that Mikey Garcia does well, but I really do believe we're underestimating that uh, from Errol Spence's perspective. I think he has great, he does those things great, and maybe in some scenarios he may do that better. Than Mikey Garcia.
0: And now, it, it, go ahead. oh here's the thing, real quick, man. It, it's funny you say that because if you watch their face off, because again, they're on they're on PBC, got Fox. It's like a, a broke version of the uh, Max Kellerman, <laughs> the one that they have. Uh, but when you actually watch them talk, Mikey Garcia continued saying, "I feel like when I first watched him, I feel like I was watching a mirror of myself." And I was watching a mirror of myself. He was like, but I feel like I'm just a little bit better at everything. And the but the way he said it to me, it was it almost felt like he was trying to convince himself. Errol Spence, when he responded to those same questions, he seemed very direct no, I'm bigger, I'm faster, I'm stronger, I have, I'm have. i more technical. He just felt, well, Mikey was like, I feel like maybe, kind of, sort of, I'm a little bit here or there. Errol Spence to me seemed like he was like, no, this is just matter of fact. I'm glad that you came up. I give you credit for moving up and trying to fight the bigger guy, but I'm too much for you. And I think Errol Spence 100% has the the confidence right now. And I think he's just a guy in his prime, and I think this is just going to be a little bit too, he's too much, too big, too much for uh, for Mikey right now.
1: I think, while it lasts, it's a great fight because of what we discussed before. They won't be far from each other. It, they're going to take a few rounds, and that's what happens with top-level fights. They're yes. a little bit nervous, um, a little bit tighter starting out. So, whereas in a regular fight, that's not like a super high-level elite pay-per-view fight by rounds two to three. That's when you'll see the boxers get a little bit closer yeah. together. That's when you'll see them in punching range.
0: And you said, but it this- though. we said it earlier though. I mean, you hit it on the head, uh, Mikey Garcia doesn't have an opponent like a Kell Brook. He hasn't had to go somewhere like that where it is. This is going to be the first time he's in that enemy territory for real, where it might be, where he might not be the favorite guy. This might be the first time in his career that actually does even happen. This is
1: definitely the first time in his career where he's not the favorite, where he's not the overwhelming favorite. Maybe earlier in his career, he had a few, but this is a different level. And I definitely think Spence is going to own the moment. I, and like I was saying before, it'll take a little bit longer for them to get closer to each other. But you know what happens when they're going to get closer to each other. Aero Spence is going to work that body. Oh, yeah. It takes time to put on this type of weight to carry it well. And maybe Mikey Garcia says, hey, I don't need to get, to get all the way to 147. Maybe he comes in in 144, 145. But that weight is still a lot to carry around. For 12 rounds when you're not used to that so the body work combined with the weight that's going to slow his slow him down so now that big footwork advantage that you thought you had may be gone by round eight now you want to give a killer that's much larger than you four rounds at a station with a stationary target it could go to decision but i, I think late round knockout with is where i'm at on this
0: still that's i I still have it there also um i I think i was already thinking somewhere around anywhere between the eighth and the tenth round i see him getting them out of there um because mikey is that tough i think mikey is tough but i don't see him withstanding the because errol spence does something that a lot of boxers don't he starts coming on he brings a wave And each round as it goes on, it's more, more volume, more pressure, more. And he ends up breaking his opponents. Mikey Garcia does that to an extent, but it's not to he's not destroying and getting guys out of there at the same rate as an Errol Spence.
1: I like to think that Mikey Garcia has an activity advantage. Do you think inactivity will plague Errol Spence? He's a fighter that early in his career, was very vocal about wanting to fight early and often. And the past couple of years, he just hasn't been able to do that. And I'm sure it's because of his handlers and because of his promoters. But you think about it, he fought maybe January, February. I think that was January against uh, against the guy from D- D.C., what, Lamont, yeah. Peterson. Uh, Lamont he Peterson. He, he yeah. knocks him out in probably six rounds. Mm-hmm. Then he goes again in June. I mean, what was that? A one round? Yeah. Against Carlos Ocampo. Yeah. So he hasn't been in the ring much, and this is going to be a big jump in comp- competition from his last couple fights. Now he has been there before, but he's been in- inactive for the past few years. Whereas Mikey has still been fighting quality opponents consistently in that time.
0: I mean, but you really think about it. I mean, last year he fought twice. That's pretty on par for a, a big name superstar. You know that that's where you expect the Canellos of the world, the, the Joshuas. Most of these guys only fight twice a year. So before that there was promotional issues, but it seems like they've gotten it figured out and if he's fought twice, I mean granted he hasn't gotten the same amount of ring time, but he's getting guys out of there and let's not forget who he trains with on a daily basis. Correct. And
1: I don't think there were promotional issues. I just think his handlers don't want to allow him to fight as much as he would like to fight. And that one round fight it's just that one round. He's not getting these rounds in. And that's not a knock on Spence. You don't get paid for overtime. Facts. Get the guy out of there. But it's the inactivity. You don't get the rounds in that Mikey Garcia has had. And if we're looking, because we're both agreeing that Spence is going to win the fight, and I'm mm. actually going to change to decision because my aggressive picks have just gone bad recently. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go by by decision. But I mean, if you're looking for a path to victory for Mikey Garcia, then I do think that his
0: recent activity in the ring could be an advantage. I, I disagree. I, I don't believe he because again I'm looking at quality over quantity right and yes he does have incredible I mean his team I I speak so highly of his brothers and his father and his team right I think they they had their great trainers I think they're a great camp when I look at what they're doing over there in Houston and who they have Everybody from Spence to Charlo to Pro Gray. I mean, he's getting good round quality rounds in with the best of the best. I'm looking at guys again. They're not. He's with their. And here's another thing. We talk about him not getting fights. I don't think it's his handlers. I think that he's legitimately the boogeyman of the division. I don't think I anyone wants to fight him, so when he's trying to get him, all the top guys are staying away from him. Look at what Thurman's doing. Thurman wants no smoke, you know. And, 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 and the fight with Porter was supposed to happen, and it hasn't. Porter happened. apparently didn't want that smoke. Exactly.
1: So and in the ring after his after Porter's last fight, they had both said this is going to be the easiest fight to make
0: and then the fight doesn't get made exactly exactly man so so that's how i look at that point um but regardless and again we'll break this down a little bit more next week kind of have our final picks even though i think we both under know where we're gonna be but yo the I'll last week things I'm, exactly see you next week hey things could happen in a week man so we'll see all right keeping with wild stuff and great um I'm going to say great analyst, all right? Because I think this dude is a legitimate, really, really solid analyst, man. I'm with you. Um, Paulie. the magic man, Malinagi, just signs a deal with bare knuckle fighting championships. Wow. I can't lie. This thing caught me completely off guard. I thought he was 100% retired. Um <laughs> But I'm going to I'm going to throw this to you first, man. On a scale of one to ten, how do you rate this move by Pauline mylinaji I, I
1: I follow a lot of boxing pages. I follow a few hashtags on Instagram and sometimes I see false news and I just have to check other areas to see if this news <laughs> is really valid. This was one of those moments where I was just like, what the fuck? Why is he signing? Like, what is going on here? My rating on a scale of 1 to 10 is a whole-ass 5, which I could have gave him a 0. But I'm going to give him a benefit of the doubt. Now, I don't know if he's bored or, or, or what, but, I mean, my thoughts on this, it's still only punching. So there's no kicks allowed. No, no, at So at all. if you think that the top tier MMA fighters of the world are going to be with a different organization, the top boxers in the world are going to be boxing, then maybe it's a low risk thing for him. But no one wants to see Pauli Malinaji. Now, maybe they paid him a bag for a name like that. That's possible. I don't think he needed the money. He still has checks coming in from Showtime. And how Showtime felt about this that's another aspect that I'm curious to see how that plays out. Because if I was Showtime, this just doesn't feel right to me. It just doesn't. Um, In in terms of your being his employer and the image that he, he he, he has an image and he's forever associated as with Showtime as their commentator, because he's probably their most known commentator. I'm also curious if, he is trying to use this as a way to maybe bait in Conor McGregor with the whole uh, Artem Lobov, Lobov thing, training with him. Maybe he gets a fight, knocks him out somehow and calls out Conor. Maybe this opportunity is enticing to Conor, but it just does nothing for Paulie Iman- Malinaji. He has nothing to gain unless he's magically going to turn in to the Deontay Wilder of bare knuckle boxing. I just I, I don't get it. I don't get it. He could have fight in June, and I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I'm here doing this podcast. I'm clearly into combat sports. I'm going to watch the fight just out of. It's almost like I I, I have to watch the Floyd versus Tension fight because it's like it's so <laughs> odd that I have to see how it plays out. So but what's your
0: what's your five, rating on it? Five, five, five. All right, I'm going with an eight, and the reason I'm going with an eight is this look man at the end of the day does paulie Malinaji need this no he doesn't he doesn't need this but if we're looking at him as a business right if we're looking at what he has done he has a well he doesn't really podcast as often anymore but he was just in there you know training James DeGale, he was one of his cornermen. You see him James out James th- DeGale got killed and got and retired. Uh, it's, it's okay. Look, like, okay, I'm just saying. So we've seen him doing more. We see him exp- expanding his brand and it's an opportunity I believe for him to go out there and make some extra cash and again, cast that wider net showtime's not mad at it because when they look at it they can literally say one of our guys is so badass that he doesn't mind going out there and fighting with no gloves on like they don't mind that they're into the fight game as it is so they're looking at it like this he's and it's, here's the thing that organization has gotten great reviews so far if you have watched one of their shows they actually put on a decent show and the fact that they're putting on a decent show it is a decent promotion. They're not going to scoff at it. So if it gives their guy a little bit more street cred, and also you're right, it gives him an opportunity to go out there and knock out Artem Lobov. Artem Lobov has been talking trash for Conor McGregor. So this is going to be an opportunity for him to go out there and knock somebody out. And look, he's not going to get the counter fight we don't believe he's gonna get the fight but it's a great opportunity for him to be pretty much put his promoter hat on and call somebody out make some noise and again get more buzz going for let's watching him on his next fight or watching him on showtime or watching him possibly fight somebody bigger in the future we don't know if he's in shape he's willing to do this i have to believe There is a plan behind it. And I think money is the plan. It is going to help grow his brand as a whole.
1: If he has stake in the company, that could help. Because he's definitely going to grow the business. He's by far the biggest name that they have. But... This shit still looks pretty lame to me. It looks like the old washed-up champ that cannot let it go, and I'm not back backing off of that unless you know something happens. The only only benefit I see is if he turns into the Deontay Wilder of bare knuckle fighting, because in the social media age that we're in, those knockouts are going to go viral, and people will want to want to see it a little bit more. But he's never really been that type of fighter, so why would we expect it now? I, I, I just don't have any desire to see paulie malignaggi in a boxing ring maybe it's slightly entertaining to see him beat up on an mma fighter because we know you know mma versus boxing in a boxing match
0: come on now yeah oh yeah now here's the thing they're not all like former mma fighters you do have professional boxers there you do have you know former kickboxers and stuff there so there are a variety of different guys and girls who have you know competed in this organization so if he goes out there with a form like with an artem yeah he knocks dude completely dead 100 percent knocks his face off he's gonna be able to pump his chest he'll be on sports center all that good stuff um and like you i like paulie i I don't
1: want to see him lose genuinely i do like him as a commentator and as a boxing personality
0: yeah so look i'm just because of the business aspect of it now, how do I feel about it? Paulie, you don't need to do this. I don't want to see you fighting. There's no reason for you to fight, right? Especially, I'm a big believer of when you already have a foot out of the door, stay out. Or if you've been out, stay out. But if I'm looking at it as a businessman and I'm looking at the possibility of growing his brand, I don't know what it. I think if he's doing this, it's for a reason. So I'm going to go ahead and rock with an eight, man. Nah, bro. <laughs> shit. You get a five and you're lucky you got that for me. <laughs> All right, man. So, speaking of people who are ranked in the top five, I'm going to say rated in top five in the heavyweight division. Dylan Wyatt. He is close to signing a deal with top ranking ESPN. Thoughts on this possible deal? So, look, I'm going to start off by saying this. We were pissed pissed about a week and a half ago when your boy your boy my wait wait <laughs> Tyson Fury your boy Tyson Fury Where, where is this whole your boy thing I feel like I just tore him apart Fam, the Last five. Y- your boy Tyson Fury was stop, out stop. here man and we thought we was pissed at him we're like this guy is literally dodging all the best competition the fight that we want to see is never going to happen well guess what now he is going to be forced. If you don't want to, uh, Deontay Wilder, guess who you're about to get? You're about to get a dude with a 25-1 record, 18 KOs, and guess what? Has been looking really damn good his last few fights. What he did to Joseph Parker, again, that just the way the way he was able to beat him, <laughs> the way he smashed uh, Derek Trisola... Yo, him too. Dude is is 100% a problem for anybody out there. So if they thought he was dodging a bullet by, again, not staying with top rank, look, man, there's action there. Now we're starting to see heavyweights signing with top rank. I am happy about this. I love that we have an opportunity to finally get a little bit more action over there. Now, I can't stunt. It hurts my heart to, to start splitting these heavyweights, right? I want them all one place because I want to see them all compete. But it's going to go ahead and give a little bit more variety. It's going to give a little bit more more drama. I feel like we'll be able to find out, man. So I like it. You know, it feels like Dylan White has been
1: in an odd space ever since missing out on that AJ fight. Yeah. I felt like he built a lot of really really good momentum with the Chisora knockout like that was a beautiful knockout it was
0: beautiful it was
1: and, I guess it's I just a solid like he just opponent lost some, lost some of that momentum because he was supposed to fight AJ and he's supposed to fight in the April May June range and then now all of a sudden the fight date gets pushed back he doesn't have a big fight ahead of him and he's kind of just lost in the shuffle Brazil's going to fight probably probably going to fight Wilder and yep. Lewis Ortiz just fought and I don't really think anyone wants to fight Lewis Ortiz. It's talking so, about the boogeyman. And we can and, and Lewis Ortiz also, I I think I have a theory that he played possum in the fight last weekend. But I mean that's that's aside from the point. For Dylan White, this is a really good move for him because he was in that odd space after the AJ fight. So he has to okay, take a step back. You didn't get the fight with AJ you don't have a fight with Brazil or any relevant heavyweight scheduled, what do you do? Okay, well, let's get some exposure in that US market because that seems to be where everybody's going. And if I can grow my name, then I can start to force these fights with some of these top tier heavyweights. Also, ESPN and Top Rank, they're gonna be thirsty for a guy like Dylan White. We spoke about it last week. They don't have any legitimate heavyweights, so they need legitimate heavyweights to help legitimize having Tyson Fury with ESPN. You have to have people that could actually beat Tyson Fury or that people believe could beat Tyson Fury. You have to have those type of fights for— for the for this to make sense for Tyson Fury's deal to make sense so I'm sure they chased after him they gave or they're offering good money and I I think it's a really good move uh for White because he also puts himself in a position to secure a fight with Tyson Fury that makes sense for him that's not a huge risk in terms of his image because at the very worst he'll probably get outboxed by Tyson Fury but I doubt he gets knocked out and then he will still have the opportunity to knock Tyson Fury out with the left hook, which I don't think he'll get close enough to land. But that as long as that thought is in the back of your head, then I think it makes for a good fight. And so this was this is, if it does happen, a very good move for Dylan White. The reason why we're so c- critical of Tyson Fury is because Tyson Fury up the Deontay Wilder rematch yes. which we all deserved 100%. so that's why we were so critical of him but that happened we can't change the past I don't have any say in what decisions these boxes are making so with the landscape the way it is now I do think that this was a good move for Dylan White
0: no I mean I mean I'm with you um and, and the thing about again being on ESPN something that they've done especially watching them with What they've done with the UFC, they do an amazing job of actually telling these athletes stories. They've done it for every sport in the past. Now that we're starting to see them do it more and more regularly with combat sports. The fact that he's going to be over here, he'll be on ESPN. The, the, they'll be able to put together some dope story to make us start cheering for Dylan White. Or Dylan White. That that's what they do. I've seen. I saw them do it with Crone Gracie when the majority of combat, like the American fan, doesn't really know MMA, barely knows the Gracies, especially don't know Crone Gracie. And they had an a, an amazing like mini series about him leading up to his first fight with the UFC which was incredible and he won they did the one the little stuff afterwards also so you can actually see the before fight the after fight i mean it was incredible they have the ability to do this and really make stars um i think as again as a business this is a great move for dylan white man so um if i had to rank this for him again i'm gonna stick with eight again man that was a solid move for buddy
1: I mean, I, I'd go 9 or 10. I mean, what else was he really going to do after the unfortunate circumstances surrounding the AJ fight that he obviously didn't get?
0: Yeah, the, I mean, I, hey, no, I'm with you. The only other thing he could have done is sign w- with the zone for like $100 million And, you know, that would be the only other thing that could have surpassed. But I still don't know what bag they're offering him yet. And I think when we find out, I think we'll be able to really judge what we can really rate it at once we find out what the deal is when it's all said and done.
1: Also, today I found myself feeling like, I feel like ESPN Plus is doing a great job of building fighters, but I don't know if it's the best place for fighters that are already at a high level.
0: The reason I think it is great for athletes at a high level already, because regardless, especially when they're with ESPN, even though they put it on ESPN Plus, they pub all that content on big ESPN. So everybody's going to see it. And then you start, you get that little taste. And next thing you know, everybody wants to see more and more and more. So even these big name stars, I mean, look over at zone with Canelo. And the first AJ fight, the ratings were shitty. They were bad. But at the end of the day, they know that that platform is going to be king. That platform is what's going to take over. And I think that's why they don't mind putting all these big names on these streaming services now. Zone's doing it. ESPN Plus is doing it. Again, put everybody on here. It's just a matter of time. See, my thing is that ESPN Plus doesn't have
1: that many top fighters that can fight each other. So they have it's only a, only a matter of time. Crawford. Who do they have for Terrence Crawford to fight? Lomachenko. They have uh, Vasily Lomachenko. Outside of Tefima Lopez, there's not a lot of competition for uh, Lomachenko on ESPN. Whereas DeZone is making these prize fights, you have and coming out party is right around the corner. That May to June stretch between that Mello to AJ fight, that's going to do huge numbers for DeZone, But those are prize fights with top level level uh level fighters in their respective divisions. And I just don't feel that way about ESPN plus. Like Crawford versus Khan. Yeah, I mean, you've hey. added some great they've added some great undercards to that that I'm very interested in with some really young talent. But that's just like eh.
0: Whereas I, I again I, I disagree because when you look at ESPN plus they just like the zone not only has match yes, right now they're making more big name fights for boxing espn plus is currently making bigger name fights in mma they both had they both understood that it's just going to take time to catch up they'll get those people people are going to want to be on the worldwide leader just like people are going to get want to get that bag thrown at them from the zone well i mean people with mma
1: and the ufc it doesn't really matter because those fighters don't have much of a choice. Boxing no, they is always going to be a, they, a also, big,
0: um, they also just signed the PFL as well. So you have two of the biggest MMA organizations now on ESPN, two of the top four in the country right now. So you have these huge, I mean, you, they're helping making stars, especially with yeah, the PFL, I, I, the I, way I that they're it's set up. They're great
1: at building fighters, and I, I'll stand by that. And that's, they're great at that.
0: And, the, you know, and I have faith in top rank. and the people that they have coming up I mean look we talk about Teofimo Lopez there are more guys out there in the tuck just like that nah bro ESPN's still making me pay for pay-per-view hey man hey, I'm telling you it's gonna just just watch these streaming platforms are taking over all the major athletes are going to be at these streaming platforms It
1: it is but- what it is ESPN is still making me pay for pay per view. That that's a a huge knock uh, on ESPN Plus from my perspective. I mean, Zone is
0: offering this. Yeah, don't have to pay pay per view again. And you're getting top level fights. The pay per view, the pay per view model is is dying. The pay per view model is dying. I think we all know that. So I think the Zone is ahead of the curve right now. But that's what I'm saying. I think ESPN will catch up. It's it's only a matter of time. I'm sure
1: they will catch up and obviously a signing like Dylan White adds some value to your statement. But we'll see. You know, Al Heyman running a tight shop over there. And it feels like Al Heyman is just a better place to be for those established fighters. And even DZone is a good place to be for established fighters. But I just don't feel like that regarding ESPN because they don't have enough top level talent
0: okay no hey like i said hey i i get it though they gotta have that money exactly and again i don't think they have all the top level talent yet but again i think in time they will like i said because that's where people i think are gonna want to be yo but with that being said let's go ahead and pay some bills let's take a quick break and we'll be right back all right i hope you guys are enjoying my episode with brandon camille um but remember The Fight Podcast is brought to you each week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at SageEatsChicago.com Apply promo code FIGHT for 15% off your first three months. Remember to follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at The Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Support the show. Check us out on the website TheFightPodcast.com Subscribe, listen, rate, and share. The Fight Podcast Cast is everywhere Podcasts live, man So go ahead and check us out, let everybody know And uh, comment, man, communicate with us Let you, let us know what you think um, We're always looking to improve And grow the show as much as we possibly can And uh, get you guys all of the best content But, without further ado Here's the rest of my conversation with Brandon Camille Yo, 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 what up, what up, what up, man Welcome back
1: Yo, we are back and one final thing on that what the reason i i was thinking about that is someone like uh, Devin Haney who looks like he's decided to go the no promoter route uh-huh. just his rise compared to someone like Teofimo Lopez ESPN has done a great job with him and the, I, I don't i don't think they're allowed to speak about people like Devin Haney and it hurts them long term and having that shows having such a con. Having such a small – having a much smaller audience being on Showtime, which is a premium channel, I think that that hurts Devin Haney. In the long run, I don't think it'll matter. But for two guys like that, I think that's a good measuring stick of how good ESPN has been in terms of building that young talent. But the top-level talent, those prize fights, eh, it's just not there for me yet. 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 Well, we could see that change because these guys and, are going to
0: turn into stars one day and that's my only point I, I think they have a lot of young guys a lot of solid young guys and in time and again boxing is a interesting sport you can't it, combat sports in general are interesting in the terms of you can't physically make a star we don't know what's going to happen we don't understand what's going to come out at the end of the day they can have all the skills we can put them in the right positions but it takes somebody special to really be a star right and um i just think again their their farm system almost essentially we can say is i I just feel like they're doing a good job i think they're starting to bring in some solid young talent and in the next couple years i think we'll really see what they've ended up developing I see a lot of those fighters leaving.
1: We'll that could see. Be true we too. we will see, we'll but see. I see a lot of those fighters leaving once they really get on because once you get to that point, how much money is ESPN really going to have to play with? I mean, and, and you can say the money. same thing about uh, about a
0: uh, Showtime and PBC. They how have, much money are they going to have to p- nah, play with? ESPN has Disney money. And at the end of the day, if Disney, if they really want to start getting into this game, which it seems like they're trying to. And again, ESPN Plus is the testing ground. This is where they're just kicking it off. It's going to change. It's going to develop. It's going to continue evolving. ESPN has it has
1: Disney money, but they also have a budget and they have to have a proof of concept. Absolutely. So if, if the concept is proven, then they'll get more money yeah. to do a little bit more and pay these fighters. But we'll see. We'll see once these boxers are legitimate stars and they get a few belts, what happens? Do they leave ESPN? And that's yet to
0: be determined. We'll see, man. So we'll see. We'll see. see. All right. This weekend, we have a couple great fights coming up. Um, We're going to start off with the Dimitri Bivol and uh, versus Joe Smith Jr. for the WBO light heavyweight title this weekend on (laughs) the, the zone. So, Yo, toss it to you first, man. Who do you have winning and by and how?
1: We'll probably be aligned here. I have Bevo by KL. Yeah. I think this makes for yeah. an exciting fight while it lasts. Mm-hmm. I think the inactivity of Joe Smith, who's fought in something like three fights since he's knocked out Bernard Hopkins back in 2016. I think the inactivity will hurt him, but he'll be there to get hit. That being said, he will also be in punching range, and he's a power puncher. Yep. Now, Bevel, he needs a knockout here. He fought a fighter that should have been knocked out. Um, I'm, I'm forgetting everybody, everybody's name today. Um, he, he fought the a fighter Eugene that— Eugene Yes. He fought a fighter that was looking to survive that— retired and unretired for that fight probably mm-hmm. just for the money but he was looking to survive that entire fight not for one second did he even believe that he was going to win because B-Ball was so heavily favored and didn't get the knockout that ends up looking bad on him so he loses a little bit of his luster and, you know, he does. It's not like he has that many fights to reference. So he needs a knockout here to reestablish himself as one of the top dogs in a very crowded 175 uh, 75 pound division right now. So I think it, it could be an exciting fight while it lasts. But I'd like to
0: see Beavall knock him out in five. Um, I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, well, look, I I agree with you. I think that B-ball is gonna go ahead and knock him out within the first eight. I have him within the first finishing him. I think five and six is is feasible. Um, but I'm gonna say this. I think this is gonna be B-ball's last fight at 175 pounds. The reason is he I, that big? No, he's not. He's actually talking about dropping down to 168. I the reason he's talking about dropping down on 168 is because at the end of the day if you do look at it there's at that weight class not only has he beaten a lot of guys even even though it's crowded again we talked about this weight class I mean in his promotion should I say just like the issue that we're having with Tyson Fury and everybody everybody who's good at his weight class is one they're all Soviets the other half of them again they're all at um, at ESPN so what is being a zone, soviet matter will they not fight each other well no they they said then they they're not known here in america so gotcha. nobody really cares to watch them compete no matter how good they are so they're not famous or anything over here and again i'm talking about this comes from straight from Bevall. this is what he said so looking at him saying that I agree with him he's looking at people and again who's in the zone who he could actually compete against at 168 there's a whole lot more opportunity for money for him to drop down on 168 Um, how would that 7 pound difference be but to to him and his team they really believe this is going to be his last fight at 175
1: bit surge would he signed this deal in the last six months he probably I don't, I don't think he's fought even his first fight on his own yet his last fight was on hbo why would you sign this deal if you were going to put yourself in that position unless that was your plan Maybe that was more, the plan the whole time unless you want to avoid some of these dogs at
0: 175 he and said go to he a wants to be less
1: crowded he said he
0: wants game. to be a two-way champion So he seems like somebody who's going to go ahead and actually play at two-way classes, and he doesn't mind. He says he doesn't want to sit back and wait for all these other guys and deal with contract negotiations when he can go ahead and fight now. And that's what he was saying.
1: I can see that. I I see Bival as a good champion. I honestly probably—I don't really see him running. So if that's what he's saying, then I do
0: believe him. I can just go I, base of all, based off of him because, again, like you said, he seems like that type of guy. I'm going to rock with him. He doesn't seem like somebody who would try to skate out in a fight.
1: I mean, he's champion. He probably, how many fights does he have?
0: 15. 15 yeah. and 0.
1: So that tells you the type of mindset, exactly. uh, the type of mentality that this guy has. He's he's there to fight. So we will see. I hope that he knocks uh, Joe Smith Jr. out. Shout out to Joe Smith. He's from Long Island. But <laughs> I, I, I do think he needs to get... A little bit of that uh just the attention back
0: just people yeah. need to remember him because i think yeah. they kind of forgot hey man but i mean think about the possible matchups at 68 he he could have some fun ones there oh yeah oh yeah he really can yeah, definitely some guys down there that he could have. A, a few guys
1: there's not many you have the the one yeah, guy caleb. I mean, he's he's he is with espn caleb plan is with pbc yep. Yep. So, I mean, what fight, what 168 pound fighters are with zone? Rocky Fielding?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have Canelo, you got all those guys who end up fighting at 68s. They can, should I say. So, I mean, that's a
1: huge matchup to be made
0: if Canelo yeah. goes back up to 168. Yeah, there is. I mean, so I think maybe that might have been part of the plan. You really think about it. He said he's always there's opportunities for big fights. Maybe that's the big fight he's thinking about. Could be. Yeah, and, then, and I wouldn't be uh, mad and at I that. Then I look stupid because that would be a great fight at one sixty eight. You know what I'm saying? So that's what it seems like he's pushing for. And if that's because, and that's why possibly his team is like, forget seventy five. Everybody's in a different promotion. We're going to be j- fighting to do this. He's here. We could already make this happen.
1: That would but be that a Canelo great fight. But that Canelo fight is sort of a long shot right now. What is he going to do until then? What is there to occupy him at 168 within uh, that's with the zone? Maybe a
0: Demetrius Andre moves up. Possibly again. And again, that that would be another that would be another interesting fight. Look, anybody who they have there right now that actually fights at middleweight can possibly fight there. And they have a lot of solid middleweights. I agree. Yeah, man. All right. Still. Staying on, t- staying on this weekend. Staying with boxing. Um, also this weekend we have Sean Porter. He's fighting uh, your Dennis Ugas for the WBC welterweight strap. Um, this should be an interesting fight. I think this should be a good fight. I'm gonna let you lead, man. What you think? Yeah, I like
1: Sean Porter by decision. Um, in an ugly fight, because just how Sean Porter fights, it's not beautiful boxing, but. It is effective. It does win rounds, and on occasion, you get the knockout. Now, Ugas, Ugas, uh, I hope I'm not messing up the pronunciation too bad. He's a he's a decent welterweight, a good volume puncher. Not a lot of power, but volume, has some good, decent boxing skills. But I, I, I don't see him on the level of a Sean Porter. Now, something about me in my gut, maybe it's just the, the similarity in the, in the last names, this feels real Tyrone Woodley Usman-ish to me. I, like something, <laughs> something gives me that. So, I mean, there's always that thought in the back of my mind, but I'm still pretty confident that Sean Porter will show up and show out. With Sean Porter, I, I think he's peaked in terms of the level that he's going to get to. You know, maybe he beats like a Keith Thurman or something like that somewhere down the line. But I don't think he gets past that. Yeah. I think he's established at where he's going to be in the division, a top tier fighter. But, you know, the rest of the pack behind him, they still can't beat him. And I think that's just where he's going to be for a while. And that's just what it is with Sean, with Sean Porter. I, I don't see Ugas uh, finding a way to win.
0: So I was going back and forth on this fight. Um, I think Sean Porter is by far one of the most underappreciated champions that we have at above 47. Um, I, I think he's really solid. Um, he's been in there with some of the best in the world. Um, Ugas is a, an Olympic bronze medalist. He's a two-time Pan Am gold medalist. Dude has skills. Yep, Cuban. Uh, dude has some skills, man. He had a little rough patch midway through, you know, early in his career, had to take a couple years off. But since he's become back, he moved up in weight class, he left out of his hometown, and now he's living in Vegas, training out of Vegas. Since he's been living and training out of Vegas, he's eight and He's 8-0, and, oh, and here's the thing: he's 8-0 oh at a heavier weight class, and in those eight fights, he has five knockouts. So to sit there and say somebody actually moved up a weight and then he like he doesn't have power as a welterweight just isn't true. He's definitely powerful at welterweight. So he's he's a little bit more. We're accustomed to the Cuban fighting. We look at the Rigandows, we look at the Ladas, great defense, hands high. Incredible footwork. Ugas does a great job of moving his feet also. But again, he does not mind brawling. He'll get in there. He lands huge body shots. And at welterweight, he seems like he can finish the fight. Now, who's going to win? I think Sean Porter is going to win. <laughs> I
1: also think you're giving Ugas a, a bit much. Like, yeah, he's I had don't. knockouts.
0: I, I don't. I, I think, like I said—
1: the quality of opposition. Come on, now, Timothy
0: Bradley would have knocked these guys out. Hey, hey, but you know what? You you're making it seem like he's still put in front of professional fighters and you put them down. Yes, I can't and so, blame I can't blame who he has in front of him. But we're talking about again. As soon as he moved up to that weight class, the first couple people he's fought in that weight class, he's knocked out. If I'm looking at, let's say, somebody who just moved in, just got to, um, or as a A a newly fresh pro, right? Eight fights in, and he's, you know, eight no with five knockouts. I'm gonna be like, yo, that dude has some power. He's new at this weight class. That means he probably isn't as dehydrated, so that's why he probably has even more power than he's ever had. He's a professional boxer. Yes, you have
1: power. Yes, if you land the right punch on somebody's chin, you can get him to go. And it's a lot more likely with Uh lower level opposition
0: like he's been fighting. Okay, so again, that's not the issue. We're talking about when he moved up in weight class. It seems like he has more power. I'm not talking who cares about and again, some of these guys, you're not giving these guys credit. Some of these guys are actually decent. So they're not great, but his fight against Delome, that's a good quality opponent. He put him out. He's able he has some good guys on his resume these last time. Actually, did he get the united decision on that when he did? Yes. Ray Robinson. Ray Robinson is the one he ended up knocking out nasty. Ray Robinson doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. He's 24 and 2. He's 24 and 2. He had a couple good wins and again it was a solid opponent. Again, y'all here just calling dudes bums you've never seen compete. How you gonna call him a bum? Did you see the fight? Who is Ray Robinson? Who who has he fought? Did you see the fight? No, you don't know. I didn't. and again, so you can't you can't trash the dude if you don't know. I'm not trashing him. I'm just saying you are that, trashing the dude. Has
1: you said who is he? he? Knocked out low level opposition is not a good parameter for measuring
0: power. He's a professional boxer. He's going Does to have matter. power if so he lands. What the was right the question? Punch. You, I said. You said at welterweight he doesn't have power. I said at I, I, Welterweight no, I, I said he doesn't doesn't really have power. I didn't make it a Welterweight type of thing. And I and I'm so I'm saying at Welterweight he actually has displayed power. So again, I'm not going to sit there and say that he doesn't have it when since he has moved up in weight class, he has displayed power. He still had a a decent amount of
1: knockouts prior to going going to welterweight. It's not like it's I don't see him as like a, a weak fighter, but I don't see him as someone whose power is scaring me in a fight with Sean Porter.
0: Okay, well, like I was saying, I'm still picking Sean Porter to win the fight. I'm giving Uga's props because I respect the dude's skills. I don't think he's a scrub, and I think he's actually going to go out there and make a good fight. I just think Sean Porter does an incredible job of making the fight ugly. He does a great job of making the fight ugly. He makes you end up fighting that game. He's grimy. He's that dude that's just going to put his head in your chest and work. And... I think he's going to be able to outwork Ugas in this fight.
1: I mean, there's there's not many people who are going to outwork Sean Porter. He's coming at you. He's not a heavyweight, but he's leaning on you. He's not only leaning on you, he is pushing you. And he's still finding a way to throw these awkward punches and he wins the round so i mean sean porter i and i like sean porter as a personality i think he is really good for boxing not always the most beautiful fight but he gets it done and like you mentioned i think he gets it done again on saturday absolutely
0: man absolutely all right um it should be a good weekend of boxing there there are a couple of decent um decent fights uh the cards themselves i don't know do you, you see the undercard anything that might interest you in that not, nothing too much, but with a
1: such a big fight next weekend, that's fine. Absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. I do, I do want to mention Lara in a draw this past weekend. That was a bit surprising to most. And watching it, it seemed like a a, a pretty competitive fight, a draw that was justified. Lara. I think the the gentleman that he fought, I can't remember his name, but he came in undefeated and was probably a bit underrated by Lara. He put on a great performance. He didn't look overmatched by any means. But that movement that we lo- know Lara for, maybe as he's getting up there and into his mid, mid-30s. How old is Lara? He's like 36, 30, something, yeah. something like that. As, yeah. as he's getting in there, getting out of those mid-30s, maybe those legs aren't there as much.
0: But well— I think we might end up seeing Lada with some of the biggest paydays of his life upcoming because I think you're absolutely right. I think that now he's going to be one of those guys. Since he's slowed down a touch, people think they can get him, and he's in exciting fights. The fight that he had with Jared Hurd was exciting. Fight this the fight year. that he had was exciting. So the fact that he slowed down just a touch he's willing to sit down and trade and it it makes him look vulnerable but not only does it make him look vulnerable you're actually going to look at it and sit there and say yo there's an opportunity people are going to look at him like that's an opportunity and he might end up getting some of his biggest paydays ever to come up
1: I I don't think he'll end up getting any of his any huge paydays but after having a draw this past week and I think he drops down a little bit and for the time being, I think he can establish himself as a contender and potentially a champion again. But yeah. for the time being, he's going to be a bit more of a measuring stick for
0: guys that are coming up. And there's nothing and wrong with that. He's been in the game for a while, man. He's, I mean, he's, he's, he's awesome. He that
1: division for so long. And so long. He doesn't get much credit for it because he wasn't always the most exciting fighter. Yeah. But, yeah, he, he dominated for a long time. He's getting a little bit older. This is the life cycle in combat sports it just yep. it's how, how it goes it and it's nothing to be ashamed of you know i come on here and i tr- I, I, I easily trash a, a bunch of boxers but the boxers that we're speaking about have risen to the top of their field these are top tier level athletes and so he's been at the top of his game for a long time and if this is how he's going to end his career i have no problem with that
0: yeah no i'm a fan of a lot of man like i was really happy to see him fight that way it was entertaining it was fun and i can't tell you the last time i've seen two almost three lot of fights in a row where i was on the edge of my seat that doesn't happen anymore i mean you never see that so the fact that i was able to see that man again salute to those guys they both put up a good performance it was the right call it was definitely the right call um all right man so check this out we always going to try to finish up with a little bit of, the, you know, a little MMA, man. We're, we're going to see what you think, especially after such a huge pay-per-view this past weekend. We have new champions. We have controversy. We had so much going on with this weekend's um, UFC 235, man. So, look, um, I already spoke on this a couple times this week. I want to ask you, um, what were your thoughts on UFC 235, man? Um, I'm gonna start off with the uh, with the main and co-main events, man. What did you think?
1: Yeah, so let's uh, matter of fact, let's yeah, let's work backwards here because that's it's a little easier that way, especially with how the drama unfolded. There Congrats. wasn't that much drama in the main event uh, aside from the illegal kicks, which you know, I no one wanted to see Anthony Smith bow out and have to see John Jones beat him up again. The biggest moment in the fight for me, I was like, oh, oh, shit. Uh, John Jones had him up against the cage and launches that knee to his rib cage. <sighs> oh, my gosh. I, I was like, can they show this on TV? Because he, he's going to kill this man. Uh, dropping those knees to his rib cage like that. But, I mean, overall, it was an entertaining fight john jones is still the best by far i don't see anyone getting close to him even in the rounds before he really settled in and pulled away they, i mean he was dominant now tyra moving on from
0: that fight because there's not much to discuss there not no no hey, look hey so I, i'll put it like this man with with some of the knees and stuff like that um are you man. talking about the knees landing to the body or well like I- he- i'm just saying you're making it seem you're you're very dismissive of anthony smith's performance man what do you like 45 strikes throughout the fight i mean he hey, it wasn't man. It, it, super so, impressive so so a couple of things that anthony smith did take down defense look good, like you said again so his takedown d was incredible that doesn't happen okay he proved to a lot of people that he belongs there now, if they fight again, I mean, look, John Jones, the greatest, possibly the greatest we've ever seen. Um, but Anthony Smith did a lot of good things in that fight. Uh, was it. Relatively close, no, um, and people were making such a big deal about the knee the the like yo, we're talking about Anthony Smith, man, if you followed Anthony Smith at all throughout his career, that is not one of those guys that would have gone out that way, and honestly, most fighters when you like that's not even a thought like I'm gonna like who's gonna bow out because they took a knee like it would have to be devastating if you're, yeah. Captain cringe might have, but um. Yeah, I'm like I, I really was impressed by Anthony Smith. I think Anthony Smith got to a point in time where he just he he wasn't getting off. He wasn't being first. He's great at getting going being first. And once John was doing that, it definitely just threw off his entire game plan. Um, I think the biggest problem of it was that they let him think he was he game planned too much. Anthony Smith, if you let him go forward and not think too much, that's when he's always at his best. And uh, I, I think his coaches—also, again, I think one of the biggest issues was his coaches. If you heard him in the corner, his coaches kept on saying like nonsense like, Oh, where's your Lionheart missing that? Come on, bitch. Give me something that's actually like real instructions. Tell me what to do. Obviously, I'm not seeing something. So stop telling me you need a lion heart because he's displaying he has a heart. He's not getting thrown around. You know, he's still in there competing. So why isn't the coach coaching and that was my biggest issue with that fight itself but man no man uh anthony smith look yes he was out numb. he was out gunned essentially but no we we still gotta show the man respect man he went out there and went five rounds with john jones we can't be dismissive of that
1: no i'm, I'm not dismissing him you know anyone that steps in that cage is going to get respect man, don't but- give me that
0: old Bullshit, PC
1: ass answer, John, man. John Jones. Well, I, I was giving you my PC an- answer to follow it up, but John Jones still beat him the fuck up. Like it was yeah. not close. He just beat the shit out of him. Also, because I've been doing a you know a little MMA research, <laughs> I didn't realize that the rules for the illegal kicks that Jones was penalized for, they're different in different states.
0: Yes. So new.
1: California for John Jones last fight, that would have been a legal strike. Whereas in laws in Nevada for this fight, it was not, which is annoying. Things like that do happen in combat sports with the different uh, governing commissions per state. But that's I don't like that for the fighters. It's
0: confusing. And what are you supposed to do? Like nobody nobody likes it man it, it, it's it's um it's an i mean everyone would like like to have unified rules um they're working on getting unified rules but i mean it, it is something that is definitely a flaw man i'm with you on that one uh what you think about the uh co-main
1: you know tyron woodley's probably my favorite fighter so that hurt it definitely hurt to watch tyron woodley's your favorite fighter really i mean at this point i'm not gonna say a how many fights
0: have you watched
1: I'd probably say my first Tyron Woodley fight was when he won the belt,
0: oh, okay, Yo, I mean Tyron you Woodley have to realize more... i'm I'm still not no, I understand. Go ahead, continue. and I'm gonna tell you how how I have felt about Tyron Woodley up until literally his last fight,
1: yeah, he he's definitely one of my favorite fighters. Uh, you know, I'm going to be I'm always going to be slightly biased towards black fighters. <laughs> Um, but I do do like Tyron Woodley, what he stands for, the fact that he did stand up to the UFC when they were playing him for no reason. And he had a lot of good points in what he was saying when he was, you know, go at war with the UFC, so to speak. But he completely got dominated. Um, Usman put on a, a great performance. I, I think Tyron Woodley just looked really bad. But Usman's, you said it. And that you said and I texted this to you when we were watching the fight. When Woodley walked in, he just didn't look as ripped. He just did not look as ripped. And that was the first thing I said. It's a bit odd, but maybe that that was the thing. I saw it, but I said, hey, maybe I'm tripping. Maybe I maybe he always looks like this after the weigh in. But he gets in there and then he's getting pushed around. Tyrone Woodley, this tank is just getting bodied. Like that? And then he's getting taken down? What happened? What, what happened? And it, if you watch the fight and the way Tyron Woodley got dominated, it really just looked like Usman wanted it more. Hey, man. Plus, it, it looked like he showed, there hung, showed up hungrier on that night. And if it has
0: to be anybody, thank God, it was, it was. Oh, my goodness. Hey, boy, glad it I, wasn't I, Captain Cringe. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad
1: it oh, it wasn't him. But Tyron Woodley probably would have been a lot more focused. Yeah, absolutely.
0: That. Absolutely. Now, I, OK, so I'll say this right from the beginning. The moment that Tyron Woodley from the beginning went ahead and tried to pull guard, try to pull for that guillotine. Right. Um, I knew something was off because. He went for it on the wrong side. So he, the way he grabbed the position, he was already off. He's a black belt in jujitsu. He's being competing. He's a champion. He's defending this. She's trying to defend his belt for the fifth time. This is a mistake that you make as a white belt. So he made a mistake right from the very beginning of the fight that white belts make. And when that happened, I was like well that's weird like why would he do that and then the the lack of urgency to move from specific positions now not taking anything away from Usman I think Usman is the man I think Usman is one of those guys who can eventually end up being an all-time great type of dude he's that solid right he's um I think that might have been, if not, that was the most dominant title fight that I've ever seen. And I will be honest with you. People are starting to clamor, and I'm starting to hear people draw, drum the bill a little bit more, saying that they believe that Tyron Willie deserves a title shot. They, he deserves a rematch. He's a champ. He defended his belt four times. It was an off night. He, de- he deserves a title shot. I agree. Fuck no.
1: Yeah, and I and I've already heard. I I and your listeners have already heard your perspective on this, so we know we know where you stand. I'm going to
0: tell them again. There's no way in hell he deserves a title shot, and if you get a flash knockdown, let's say okay, I'm going to bring the the example of Cody Garbrandt versus T.J. Dillashaw. One, the first round was a close round. At the very end of the first round, he went ahead and dropped T.J. Dillashaw. T.J. Dillashaw got saved by the bell next round T.J. Dillashaw goes out there and knocks out Cody Garbrandt. you give him a rematch I get it, makes sense when a champion gets dominated every moment of every round, there were two 10-8 rounds in there, there's two 10-8 rounds he does not deserve a title shot and here's another thing too because of his beef that he's had in the past with the UFC, they're going to make it absolute fucking hell for him to get back to that chip.
1: I don't think their situation is as bad as it once was, though. I mean, they're as not going to get he was they, at war.
0: They, they, they are. They will not. Dana White's like a damn elephant. His or oh, he is not going to forget, and he will sit there. And I'm, I'm telling you, they're going to make Woodley go through the ringer to get that belt back
1: and I buy into what what you're saying from that perspective he did have a bad relationship with Dana White in the UFC and I can easily see them uh, making it very difficult to get back to 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 get back into a title fight that I can totally understand but should he get a title shot that's a different question Not will he? One is one thing, but should he? And I think he should because I do think the UFC has created these situations by their inconsistencies. Because some people can get knocked out in the first or second round, or Ronda Rousey can go out there and get dominated the entire fight, and they get an immediate title shot when they are ready. Conor McGregor when he when he lost to um, Nate Diaz immediate immediate rematch and when he even when he lost to khabib if he really wanted a rematch i feel like he probably would have gotten it he probably would have so and and he got dominated every second every second of that fight
0: so you're talking about what should happen right what should happen does he does he deserve it does he deserve it use his history i believe he does
1: so he got dominated and right now the business move is not to give him a title shot because there's a lot of other talent in that division and the demand isn't going to be there so no they that's probably the problem don't, but i think they should based on precedents that they've set and
0: they've just, they've just been too inconsistent for me they're not just inconsistent for you dana white has the authority to make whatever title fights he wants they make the fights that you let me talk (laughs) they make they make the fights that the fans tend to want to see more there's a reason why stipe right now isn't fighting he's not a draw he's not tyron woodley is not a draw unfortunately right now what is a draw tyron woodley with Kobe covington would have been a draw People would have wanted to see that. Now people are going to want to see Kobe Covington with Kamara Usman. So, the business-wise, that's why it makes sense. If we're sticking with business, it makes sense why you give Conor McGregor and these people, those in Ronda Rousey's those shots, because again, we're talking about business. That's what business makes sense, and that's what they would deserve. But if we're talking about what we deserve, which should and shouldn't happen, when a champion gets his ass dominated. You do not deserve another crack. You deserve to go back, lick your wounds, reset, fight somebody else and see if we can get back to this spot. The division has to move. We're talking about deserving. I hate Kobe Covington. He's a worm. He deserves a title shot. He was the interim he, champion. He deserves a title shot. He's an he, interim champion, and not only is he an interim champion, he has beat the guy, the number two guy. He beat the number three guy. He beat every. He beat the same people. Kamar Usman beat. But he has passed up opportunities. It doesn't matter. Fight. That's he the thing deser- that matters to me because he's he gotten des- that opportunity. He deserves. And it up. But we're talking about he deserves a title shot. The first time, the first time, it was the organization's fault. He wants to fight one week. They do, they're they throwing him under the bus with that one. And that's one thing that's already happened. The second one was his bad. It was fun for us to sit there and look at it and say, yeah, yo, this is all Kobe's fault. But look, man, it's negotiations. If the UFC isn't willing to pay him what he was supposed to get paid, he had to, he has a right to argue it. But who has a claim to the title? He was an interim champion. An interim champion was supposed to fight. So if we're looking at deserving. And then again. Look at the division. I cannot hold up a division. To let a champion continue getting the cracks of it. Because what happens if again. Woodley wins. Do we give Usman a rematch? Because he was a champ also? No. Other guys in that division are fighting. The division needs to move on. And let's not forget also. People are taking this out of account. Look. Yes. Woodley looked bad. Woodley's almost thirty-eight years old. Woodley's old man. I didn't realize that. Yo, father time might have just hit him. It could have happened. So at the end of the day, look, George St. Pierre, the greatest welterweight champion of all time, lost his belt. They made him fight twice before he was able to get it back, and that's when it was a legit like sport like that, where we played it like the way it was supposed to. That's just, why they need to do it this way. I he just don't think deserve that you, a shot.
1: I, I can understand what you're saying from a logic standpoint. I just don't think the USC has set the best precedence here. And that's something that you no. seem to agree with. Yeah, now, absolutely not. Usman has a fracture in his foot. Now, he fought with the fracture, given that it probably happened yeah. somewhere late in camp. Uh, he was in a boot the week of the fight. And from what I've heard, he looked like he was in a, or from yeah, from what I've heard, looked like he was in a wheelchair after the fight. What if Usman is sidelined for a little bit? Maybe you figure six to eight weeks in a cast. They said he'll
0: quarter. be back by July.
1: He'll be back in training camp or ready to they, fight. They, they
0: said he'll be back ready to fight in
1: July. Okay, because I was going to say if he was not ready to fight by by July, they would just wait. Love, well, I would love to love to see Colby Covington and Tyron Woodley fight for the interim
0: type, interim belt. Why would you make an interim belt? Him. That makes no sense. You just got a champion. He's only out for a couple months, and you're gonna do an interim belt. That makes well, Col- zero sense. I'm sorry. Does, doesn't Kobe Covington have an interim belt? No, he was stripped. Okay, I didn't realize that. I he, was, he was stripped the moment Tyron Woodley fought Darren Till for that championship belt. His interim belt left. Okay. There is all right. no interim belt. All right. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that. Yeah, like they do. Yeah, there's no reason. Yeah, yeah. No. So and again. It, he the only fight he's going to take right at this point in time is the championship fight. Uh, that's fair. He's he's going to
1: fight Col- Colby Covington. Hopefully, he beats Colby Covington. And Tyron Woodley just he he's kind of lost. He's going to be in a lost place right now. I didn't realize he was getting up there in age, but Ben Askren's coming coming up. Who knows what he's going to do in terms of the one sixty five or one hundred seventy pound division? But after Usman and uh, Usman and Covington. Where does Tyron Woodley go with a fight with someone who
0: he ha- he hasn't already beat? Um, he will probably end up having to go. <laughs> it depends. I mean, if he wants to win his belt back, he's gonna have to fight some of those guys over again. I
1: mean, and if that's what it is, I mean, that's fine. I'm just talking about you know, more it's, so it's from an interest or a draw perspective.
0: Hey, there's there a, a couple guys in that top. I mean, Masvidal is about to fight um, uh, Darren Till. The winner of that fight's going to probably end up getting um, Ben Askren. I don't know, man. He's in a bad spot. He's in a bad spot. Yeah. A bad spot. But... He 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 did a lot for his brand. Your boy dropped
1: an album this week. I'm not sure how that'll fare, but he's gotten into it in acting. He's on the sports desk. I mean, he's expanded his brand. He's still gonna have, you know, and, gonna and, have plenty and, of checks And to I be.
0: believe that's the reason he lost. Probably. It, it could be the reason you know, the reason he lost. But. I'm not mad at anybody making their money. Make your money. But when it's time to focus for a fight just seeing the shape that he was in for his last fight in comparison to this fight dog, he looked like a monster His last fight dog he was this dude was taking a knee and he had an eight pack his last fight this he was he was yoked he looked crazy his last fight
1: you think being out of the gym with a wrist injury had anything to do with it no i mean hell no i i think
0: i i think he shit to bed yeah, I mean he, he did. He he did I think he should it. To ba- um, but again, that takes nothing away from Usman. Usman came in there hungry. He came in there hungry Ate and his food. yo, and he is a nightmare for anybody. Um, and the biggest reason he's a nightmare for anybody is because he stays composed. He has the composure of of a of a twenty thirty five vet. No moment is too big for Usman, and that's something that I'm realizing right now that makes him extremely dangerous. Well,
1: I haven't seen too much of him, and he wasn't under any adversity this weekend. So I mean, it was a championship fight, so those nerves were there, but it what he wasn't under any adversity. Woodley just had a terrible showing. Um, look, I, I, I I'm happy. It was Usman. And who knows where he ends up in the rest of his career. You say he has the potential to be one of the best ever. Cool. Look, Usman, you got one job. Win one fight, you you can do whatever you 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 want. After you beat Kobe, you can do whatever you want,
0: homie. You cannot lose to Kobe Covington. You can't. Cannot lose to dude. If he Um, loses to Kobe Covington, man, I might jump off a bridge. I don't know. He better not. I'll be right there with you. (laughs) Man, I'm telling you, man. It was nuts. But all in all, yo, it was a very entertaining card, man. I I, I was a fan. I I just want to talk about the fun few minutes that was Ben Askren versus Robbie (laughs) Lawler. That was fun. That was was fun. It was, man. Yo, um, Ben Askren, I have to say, is... He is as advertised, man. He is he has the definition of a dad bot. Mr. Dad Bot. Um he can take a beating and he's tough as shit. I mean, does he just like is it why does he have a body
1: like that? I have no tight? idea. Is he just not training hard? I mean, he's in there training with Tyron Woodley. I can't believe I I I can't start to think that he wouldn't be training hard, he, that he's
0: not disciplined. So what is it i don't know i don't understand it i don't i've never understood athletes like that but you know what man (laughs) salute to him man salute to the dudes that just don't give a fuck i'm not mad at those athletes go out there the daniel cormier's of the world the big country nelsons all those but the tyson furies everybody with a belly man just let it rock i'm not mad at you do your thing.
1: Yeah, I, I I always like dislike the whole ad- athletes with the dad bods. Like, you're this is your calling card. Like, how could you not take care of it? And the body types are a thing. Some people
0: are never going to be there, but like, look, Mikey Garcia, he got like an ab and a half. I mean, yeah, he's not too far away himself. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mikey, saw, Mikey, Mikey Garcia looked like a a shaved seal, alright? Like, he, he looked like, he, he's, like he's just he, I mean, smooth, he, he, bro. he, I mean, he definitely going to be soft at 147. Oh, dog! real quick, did you see how they have him out there? Like, they're that working one? on his abs and stuff like that, and he's like, yeah, man, this is the first time I've ever done ab work because I want to get ready for this fight. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> This is the first time Mikey Garcia has ever done ab work, bro. Getting ready for this fight because they said we want to make sure we can take the body shots. Yo, that told me he's wa- he's worried about them damn body shots. <laughs>
1: I mean, shit. I mean, if you're not worried about um, hey, Errol man. Spence's body shots, then I, I, I mean you're not showing up for the fight.
0: <laughs> like Errol says, man, look. Hand down, man down, all right? Like, he's going to end up... Blasting into the body like that just told me he's gonna knock out Mikey. I I just I think Mikey's gonna be really looking for that. I don't see Mikey winning. We'll break it down more next week. I'll, I I promise. We we will. We I will. just I, 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 maybe my mind will change. Maybe can. it will. I don't I, think so. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I, I, I I'll go out on a limb and say our minds won't change here. We'll be pretty solid with this next week, but we'll we'll talk about it then.
0: Absolutely, man. Well, bruh that's a good one man I think that's about it man anything else you want to say before we get up out of here Uh, shout out to everybody that's been
1: listening supporting us Uh, yeah that's that's about it nothing much to say well that's what it is man Um, B man where can they find you Oh, they can find me on Instagram at Bcam13, 2ms, B C A M M, 1 3. And they can find me on Twitter at BcamThinks, 1 M, B C A M, thanks.
0: Boom, there it is, man. Brandon, bruh, I appreciate you as always, man. um We will get up very soon and break some more fights and stuff, Dan, and just have a lot of fun, man yes sir be good alright brother you have a good one Brandon Camille on this episode of the fight podcast bruh I appreciate you man we'll wrap you in a little bit talk soon yes sir peace out This is the Fight Podcast, and yo, thank you so much to Brandon Camille for joining me again today on the the Fight Podcast. This is our fifth or sixth time together. I'll start naming them, man, because obviously the boxing combos are are necessary, and I'm glad we're actually able to break things down and start getting a little bit of MMA talk in there with you guys as well, man. So thank thank you again to Brandon Camille. Um, yo, without further ado, this is like I said, the Fight Podcast. I am. I'm your host, Serge Vicente, and this was episode 92 of the Fight Podcast, man. Closing in on 100, bro. We coming. We coming. Um, and beyond, obviously. We're not just stopping at a 100. Um, we'll be back again uh, coming up this week. We're going to go ahead and break down um, the past UFC fight night headlined by Junior Dos Santos and the Black Beast Derek Lewis. So I'm going to go ahead and break that down for you guys and give you guys some of the fight news of the week, this weekend's winners, losers, and so much more on episode 93 to come. But this has been episode 92. And remember, the Fight Podcast is brought to you each week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal products. Prep and fitness mentoring Sign up for Sage Eats at SageEatsChicago.com Apply promo code FIGHT for 15% Off of your first 3 months Remember to follow the Fight Podcast on All social media platforms at The Fight Podcast and follow me At Serge Vicente Support the show, check us out on the website TheFightPodcast.com If you guys want merch, make sure You go ahead and send me a direct message Either at The Fight Podcast or at Serge Vicente and leave me size and we will get that out to you Um, thank you guys once again for listening I will see you next time right here on the fight podcast peace out